Hi, everybody. This is Cassandra, and welcome to another episode on the Luminous Star podcast. All right. So I'm going to be talking about five things to take away from the narcissist relationship or five things that you can learn from it. Right. This does not get the narcissist off the hook. Of course, sometimes they can be quite okay, difficult to deal with, but this does not mean that you have to be totally destroyed by it. Okay. So number one, you will be challenged by fear and forgiveness. Okay. So these five things are are what I took away from having the experience of a narcissist relationship. I found out that due to the shenanigans that the narcissist or the custody personality type that I was dealing with was pulling. Yeah. I was challenged by fear and I was challenged by forgiveness. Okay. So, you know, narcissist personality, they seem to have the gift of tapping into the most nightmarish fears of other people. Okay. Yet they are seemingly addicted to feeding off of fear. Okay. They seem to feed off of your fears, which seems to ensure that they will get the source supply. Okay. It's frustrating as that is. One of the things that you could take away from that is to look inside of yourself and get clear on what you are really fearful of. Okay. What are your fears? What is your personal definition of forgiveness? Okay. We can look this up in the dictionary, of course, but does your fears hold merit and does your definition of forgiveness help you to walk away from a situation that was painful, yet you're empowered. Okay. Does it help you to do that at all? Otherwise you're doing something that's actually hurting yourself and the narcissist is supplied. Okay. So when you're challenged by fear and forgiveness, this is a wake up call. This is not to get the narcissist off the hook. This is not to belittle what they're doing to cause you pain, to cause other people to end up in hell. Okay. Figuratively speaking, because narcissists, let's just go ahead and face it. When they start pulling shenanigans, when they start to engage in diabolical tactics, this can leave people feeling violated, spent, if not traumatized. So when they're playing other people in this regard, they may feel like they're going through hell. Okay. So uh, again, speaking from experience. So tool number one, define and get clear about your fears. Then stay, okay, or, or then slay them. Okay. Stay the course by slaying your own demons. The narcissist, believe it or not, they feed off of your fears And one of the things that keep us in fear or in sunken place is when we are too afraid to face our demons and slay them. Okay. So when you find out that certain, certain fears that you have don't have merit, that's powerful guys. Okay. So define and get clear about your fears and then slay them due to a lack of merit. More than likely some of those fears, they lack merit. Okay. So critical question, what is your personal definition of forgiveness? Okay. Now you, you know, you could take some time out, look up the word if you wish, but most of us, we know what forgiveness means, right? But what is your personal definition of forgiveness? 
We all have our personal definitions of any words you can think of. Okay, we have our own spin on it. So when you start to look uh, you know, at that forgiveness and fear, it's not so overwhelming. Okay, so uh, this is one of the things that I learned by having a narcissist relationship. Okay, and when I took that away, that was very powerful because I didn't feel so overwhelmed anymore when a narcissist was pulling things, when a cluster personality type that I was dealing with was pulling things. I didn't feel so overwhelmed. I didn't feel like I couldn't overcome it because I faced my own fears and I got clear about what forgiveness meant to me. Okay. So there are certain steps that I went through when I was contemplating forgiveness. I've done a few videos about that. Okay. So uh, on the Luminous Star channel, I go over that. So there are, first of all, when you're contemplating forgiveness, okay, let me just make this point first. When you contemplate forgiveness, please, please, please check out where you are. What a lot of us do, but see, this is also due to grooming or being pressured by others to forgive. And that is we leave ourselves out of the equation. Narcissists will have a field day with that one. You're sacrificing yourself for what? So that is the first step when it comes down to contemplating forgiving someone, not just the narcissist, anybody. Where are you? You have to look at that. Where are you financially? Where are you emotionally? Where are you spiritually? Where are you mentally? So on and so forth. Where are you? Right now, this is something that is completely overlooked too many times when there's contemplating of forgiveness. Okay, so narcissists, they love it when you do this because you make it about them. When you, I'm just speaking in general when I say you. Okay, I'll just say this. When a person starts to contemplate forgiveness or when they do forgive someone, nine times out of 10 chances, they left themselves out of that equation. So when it comes down to a narcissist, that's a very dangerous thing to do. And that is leave yourself out of the equation. Do not make forgiveness about the narcissist because that places them what? Front and center of your life. And it doesn't do you diddly squat. It doesn't do anything for you. It really doesn't. Okay. So number two, this is the second thing that you can learn from a narcissist relationship. The best revenge is the ability and choice to demonstrate your personal growth. Okay. Because this is a reflection of outgrowing narcissist relationships. The narcissist more than likely will feel challenged, if not threatened, by your demonstration of outgrowing the narcissist relationship. Not only that, you're demonstrating that you are growing past him or her. Forget about trying to get over them. They don't care about you giving. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why the narcissist doesn't care about you getting over him or her. Because that takes what? Effort. Focus. Okay. And a lot of time. It all goes back to them. Do you know how much energy that takes to try to get over something or someone? That takes a lot of energy, focus, time, effort, 
the narcissist gobbles that up. Just think about that for a minute. So the best revenge is the ability and choice to demonstrate your growth. You see how powerful that is? You're showing yourself capable without the narcissist. You're showing yourself to be able to make choices without consulting the narcissist. So the key words in the second way that you can learn something from the narcissist relationship is ability and choice. This is very powerful. Okay. So first for, uh, pardon me, second tool, take steps to becoming accustomed to existing as a person who chooses to discontinue investing in narcissist relationships. Okay. So another thing you can do to add, just to add on to that, this is what I do. Practice visualization with your own personal affirmation. Okay. So yeah, I mean, we can read affirmations. We can, uh, be inspired by the affirmations of others, of course, but take some time out. This is just a suggestion. Take time out to create your own affirmations and start applying this when you get quiet and you know, you meditate and you are practicing visualization. Picture yourself thriving forward past narcissist relationships. Okay. The second critical question, name the areas of your life that your narcissist demonstrates inability to support your overall well-being. Okay. Let me rephrase that question. Name the areas of your life that the narcissist is actually showing the ability to support you. Okay. How are they supporting you? Outgrowing the codependent narcissist relationship. Are they supporting you socially, emotionally, financially, so on and so on? How is the narcissist actually supporting you? That's really what that second critical question is all about. I want you to start looking at how your narcissist is actually supporting you. Or yet, how are they adding to the quality of your life? This is very important. Okay? I know I found it to be. So that second tool, when you start to take steps to become accustomed, what are you becoming accustomed to? Better yet, what are you adjusting? You're adjusting your mindset. You're adjusting your perspective as well as your perception about the experiences of life. Whether that's something from within you or externally around you. Okay. You're changing that. You're shifting that. The narcissist can't touch it. So if they want to pull up, right? If they have the gall to pull up on you, they're going to have to shut up once they see that you're demonstrating your growth. That's the best revenge, folks. That's the best revenge. They can't do anything. They will want to. Now, don't get me wrong. A narcissist can attempt perhaps to hoover you back in as a result of feeling threatened or challenged by your demonstrating your growth, right? But what they can't do is become successful in hoovering you back in once you have accepted that you have outgrown the narcissist relationship. You're growing past him or her. You're you're leaving him in the dust. And of course, the narcissist is not going to support that. 
So they're not going to be on board. So that critical question, again, look at how they're supporting you. And more than likely, you're going to find that they're really not supporting you. Have they ever supported you from the beginning? And this includes family, friends, business partners who you have found to perhaps show narcissistic traits that are very maligning, okay, or or very dangerous or can harm other people. So the second thing that you can take away from a narcissist relationship is realizing that the best revenge is your ability to choose to demonstrate your personal growth. Okay, and this reflects that you are outgrowing the narcissist relationship. Number three, realize it's a habit to repeatedly think of your narcissist. This is not so you can feel badly about yourself or beat yourself up. No, the narcissist does that. no, No, think about it. The narcissist takes so much time out to try to turn you down. That's their job. Don't take over, okay? Don't grab the wheel when it comes to that. Don't turn, yourself, don't turn yourself down. The narcissist will do that. So it is a habit to repeatedly think of the narcissist. Okay, so try not to judge yourself so harshly because more than likely the narcissist is going to be the one to judge. Okay, and more than likely they're going to do this And they're going to justify it. They're going to justify turning you down. Just think about it. They do it every day, right? So love yourself instead. These are the tactics, okay? Matter of fact, before I get to that point, when it comes down to habitually thinking or actually repeatedly thinking of the narcissist is a habit because the narcissist takes a lot of time out to groom people to thinking and feeling and behaving in a way that will ensure that they obtain the narcissist or partly the the source supply. So the narcissist wants that source supply by any means. So they will take time out to groom you in order to get it. The heart speaks to the brain. The brain does not speak to the heart. Okay. So the message one continues to send from their heart to their head or their brain about the narcissist is usually conflicted. Let me repeat that. The message of love that you send, okay, from, pardon me, send to your heart. The message that you send from your heart to your head or to your brain about the narcissist is usually conflicted. So what you tell yourself concerning loving and caring about the narcissist is usually going to conflict with reality. Why? Because first of all, you're experiencing more than likely a parallel reality. When it comes to the narcissist relationship, the narcissist is experiencing the relationship one way and you're experiencing it another. How is that connection? How is that going to have you guys coming together singing Kumbaya? It's not. It's not. So the message that you continue to send from your heart to your brain about the narcissist is going to conflict with reality. This does not mean that you're stupid or dumb. No, not at all. This means 
that you have been groomed more than likely by a narcissist to do this. Remember, narcissists will often groom people in order to ensure that they get the supply. How are they doing it? Gaslight techniques. Neuro-linguistic programming is being applied repeatedly. All to get you to what? Doubt your own sanity. Doubt your own reality, perhaps. See, these tactics here are repeatedly applied as necessary. Okay? They they apply these, the narcissist will apply this repeatedly in order to control, if not dominate, the relationship or the narcissist relationship. So when a person sends this message that they love and care so much about the narcissist from their heart to their brain, it's going to conflict with the reality. In other words, what's actually going on? What is really going on in the narcissist relationship? So, you know, people often have a history of childhood trauma. This may be unconsciously repeated. Okay. Why? Why would a person repeat this? Because they will repeat an attempt to right a wrong. In other words, what are you, what is a person trying to right a wrong about? Especially in a case of trauma bonding. The reality or the fact is that there was or continues to be a traumatic event that could be the narcissist relationship, the shenanigans that they're pulling, or at least signs of trauma, which again may go right back to the narcissist and the shenanigans that they're pulling, the words that they're using, the actions that they're engaging in in order to obtain supply. Okay, so a person unconsciously will try to right a wrong. The narcissist perhaps will eat that up. Now, due to a particular grooming technique or techniques by narcissists, those who are emotionally invested in the unhealthy relationship with the narcissist may continue to tell themselves that they love the narcissist. Okay, again, this is not to beat you up or that you you should be beating yourself up. Not at all. I'm just pointing something out. This way you can begin to interrupt, if you haven't already, a particular pattern that may be keeping you stuck in the sunken place. Okay, so when a person perhaps continues to tell themselves that they love the narcissist, when in fact or reality, the history shows some discrepancies, okay, in the reality and in their feelings about the narcissist. You're going to find some errors there. You, or, or not to say that you're wrong for loving someone, but you're going to find some glips or glitches. You're going to find some things that may not add up. So when you tell yourself, perhaps you love the narcissist, when the history shows some discrepancies, in other words, what is the history showing? Well, the narcissist is not appreciating your loving and caring for him or her. And how does that leave you feeling, if not thinking? perhaps negatively, okay? There's not so much love in the air. So it, it's, it's a conflict. So the heart, okay, the heart speaks to the brain, but I'm telling you that brain will not speak to the heart. A person may unconsciously attempt to make sense of the crazy making by the narcissist by continuing to think and focus upon them. Okay, so what does this do? This may supply the the narcissist. The feelings 
in their heart about the narcissist does not match up to the reality or the facts, whereas it pertains to the narcissist. It won't match. I can almost guarantee you it won't match. When a person starts to look at what's actually going on in the relationship with the narcissist, yeah, that loving feeling may start to disappear. Now, I'm not suggesting or implying that a person will start to feel contempt for the narcissist. Okay, again, that's the narcissist bag. That's their cup of tea. They tend to feel jealousy and contempt for others. Okay, so when a person starts to try to make sense of the crazy making by the narcissist, right? They may be unconsciously attempting to right a wrong. They may begin to think and focus upon the narcissist which will supply the narcissist. So their feelings in their heart, right, about the narcissist will not match with the reality about the narcissist. How much love can there be when there's a lot of narcissistic abuse going on? Just think about it. Open your heart and allow yourself to express what you have experienced. Okay? So this is not about just being in your head about things, but this is how, what I'm pointing out also, why this is a habit, okay? When, when we're thinking about the narcissist repeatedly, it is a habit because of the grooming process, but also because unconsciously, a lot of us try to right a wrong. Whatever that may be, it may be unresolved painful issues. It may be unresolved trauma, but a lot of us unconsciously try to right a wrong. The narcissist, unfortunately, may take advantage of this. So remember, the heart speaks to the brain. The brain does not speak to the heart. So the things that's coming from our hearts towards the narcissist and going to our heads is something that the narcissist will probably take advantage of because it will not reflect reality. And a lot of us who have had experiences with narcissist relationship know that narcissists are often great manipulators. They're great deceivers. They're great tricksters. So this is right up their alley, the smoking screens of it all. Sometimes when we tell ourselves that we love our narcissists, it may not reflect reality because of what's going on, because unconsciously perhaps we are trying to right a wrong that may not have anything to do with the narcissist. This does not mean, again, that we are, you know, a person. I'm not suggesting that a person is you know, stupid or incompetent. No, I'm just saying how sometimes our hearts can be used against us when it comes to the narcissist. That's really what I'm pointing out here. So it is a habit to repeatedly think of the narcissist. The narcissist likes to be the center of a person's mind, not their heart. Another reason why I point out how the heart speaks to the brain and the brain does not speak to the heart. So when a person makes a head over heart decision about the narcissist, this is often why they end up with better results as far as like uh, resolving their issues concerning the narcissist or the narcissist relationship. Try not to judge yourself so harshly. Love yourself instead. Okay. And remember these tactics that I mentioned, the grooming process, the neuro-linguistic programming, the gaslighting techniques, and so many more, these tactics are repeated. Okay. They are applied as necessary because the narcissist is trying to obtain source supply by any means necessary. And usually that is by way of control, if not domination. 
So remember, okay, it is a habit to repeatedly think of the narcissist. Number four, developing a strong self-image will debunk the false image narcissists have created of you and others. Okay, so that's the fourth thing you can take away from a narcissist relationship. Okay, so when they start to create false images of others, it is so they can tolerate other people long enough to get the source supply. Okay, just let that sink in for a second. Just, to, you know, when you start thinking about how a narcissist will backtrack the past, notice how they keep you in the past. This is another way that they will try to control. This is another way that they will gaslight you into believing those false images that they have created of you. Perhaps you were a person at one time who had a particular weakness. Since then, you have outgrown it. You have gotten better. But guess what the narcissist is going to come along and do? Repeat, okay? Or have you repeating a past because they will try to keep you focused on the past. So developing a strong self-image will debunk any false image they have in their psyche of you. Tool number four, journal or record your accomplishments and personal achievements that you're the most proud of. Okay, this way you can become more comfortable with tooting your own horn. Okay, why not? Start celebrating your accomplishments and your achievements. The narcissist is going to try to dismantle that for you. Expect that. Okay, they're not going to be on board supporting your efforts to thrive forward. Please know that. So that's the fourth tool. Journal or take some time out to record your accomplishments and your personal achievements that you're the most proud of. Do that in order to motivate yourself, inspire yourself to do more. The narcissist doesn't like it. Do more of it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is not so you can confront him or her or be confrontational or cause more conflict. No, you're simply debunking the false image they have in their psyche or their minds of you. Narcissist has several false self images from that of a martyr to a saint Okay, to a victim who can't seem to catch a break in life. Guess what? When you have a strong support, pardon me, when you have, well, that too, but when you have a strong self-image, you're actually debunking their false images that they have of themselves. Or you're challenging, you're challenging them. The narcissist, of course, doesn't like change. They don't like the challenge. So when you start to demonstrate your growth, that debunks all of the false images, not only that they have of themselves, but of you and others. Critical question number four, how many of the narcissist's false self-images clash with your true identity? That's a big one that goes right back to what I just, you know, mentioned that when you are demonstrating your growth, it debunks, okay, when you have a strong self-image. It debunks any false image that the narcissist has of you. And when you think about their false self-images, it will clash with who you really are. Not saying that you're the true victim, 
not saying that you're the true martyr, not saying necessarily that you are the true, whatever. Just think about the polar opposite, the martyr, the saint, and the victim. This is not to say necessarily that you truly are those things, and perhaps you are, but guess what? What does that have to do with the narcissist? That's my overall point here. Who you are has absolutely nothing to do with the narcissist. They don't get to say who you are. There are two things that you cannot have in a narcissist relationship. That is identity and a voice. What does that mean? That means you're dead. You're a ghost. You're a phantom of yesteryear. It's almost like you're trading places with the narcissist. Think about it. The narcissist often has a, an imaginary contract. What are the terms? We often don't see the fine print. First of all, because we don't, we don't even know that there's a contract. So remember that when a narcissist has created a false image of you or when they have created an image in their heads of you, it is only to serve them, which means, figuratively speaking, you have to be a person who's a ghost, a phantom. You know, you have to be a person who is dead, perhaps, to the world. You're a victim or, pardon me, not a victim, but you're a prisoner to yesteryear. You're stuck in the past. That's what a narcissist wants you in the past. Okay, so number five, this is the fifth thing that you can learn. The concept of a healthy narcissist relationship must be put to rest. You've got to kill that, guys. You've got to slay it. There's no such thing as a healthy narcissist relationship. Okay, so this fifth thing that I've learned, it was a huge breakthrough for me because it helped me to gain clarity about how healthy relationships has some basic fundamental things that's supposed to occur, such as being trustworthy, being able to trust others. And not only that, being honest, everybody, okay, they have their moments. They're not totally honest about everything, but there are some basic things that's supposed to go on in a healthy relationship. Okay. So when it comes down to narcissist relationships, these things are a pipe dream. They often are not what the reality is. Okay. So the concept of a healthy relationship with a narcissist, it, it has to die. It has to be slayed. It has to be put down. Okay. It has to come to rest. It has to be put to rest. The false images that narcissists create. Okay. Of you, of me, or, or really of anyone is all in order for them to obtain a narcissist supply or the source supply. The narcissist would stop almost at nothing in order to get the source supply. So guess what? That means they're going to tolerate some people that perhaps they're not very fond of. They're going to tolerate him or her long enough in order to get what they want. So the false images that narcissists create of others is, is to suit them in that regard. And that is so they can tolerate people long enough to obtain what they want or what their objectives are. And that is the source supply. Okay, so this does not reflect the reality of who you are. Okay, that false image, it doesn't. It doesn't reflect the reality of who you really are. Just think about it. So the false images that the narcissist has created in his or her psyche of you is so they can tolerate you long enough. This does not mean that you are an unloving person. This doesn't mean that you're a person who's 
not being able to contribute to anybody's life. No, the narcissist may want you to believe that because that goes hand in hand with the false image that they have created of you. What's one, what's one false image? Perhaps you are to be scapegoated. Perhaps you are to be sacrificed. Okay. In the narcissist's eyes, that's all you're good for. Does that reflect the reality of who you are? No. Okay. So uh, the fifth tool, take off the rose colored glasses. This will bring about peace, harmony, and balance. Why? Because you're looking at the contrast. You're looking at the before and after picture of yourself. Narcissists can't touch that. Okay. So learn from the experience of the narcissist relationship. For most of us, we've had several. Okay. So learn from that experience. Take off the rose colored glasses. Don't, don't idealize the narcissist. The narcissist is the one who idealizes other people. Then they devalue. Then they discard. And that's what you call the narcissistic abuse cycle. Sometimes they is a four step. They will come back around and try to hoover you back in. But guess what? When you have learned these five things, more than likely you will be a person who is hoover resistant. Okay. So I'm telling you guys that fifth thing, the concept of a healthy relationship with a narcissist is a pipe dream. That was huge for me. And it still is. I don't idealize. No, I no. I am too busy. First of all, taking care of myself. That way I can take care of others that I do have positive relationships with. Okay. Think about it. Think about that for a minute. A narcissist does not. You ever wonder why the narcissist is so threatened by anything that goes well, well for you, anything you're doing good for yourself or better yet, somebody else is doing, somebody else loves you, somebody else cares for you. You ever wonder why the narcissist becomes so upset about that? Because that turns a hole, okay, in their side. Why is that? Or it just really Fs them up. Why? Because that interrupts or that ruins the false image. Check this out. It ruins the false image that they have in their head about you. Notice I didn't mention anything about their heart. The heart speaks to the brain. The brain does not speak to the heart. Just, just another, just the back end of that. Okay. Or the flip side of that. The narcissist will not have heart for you. Who do they have heart for other than themselves, right? <laughs> okay. So that concept of a healthy relationship with a narcissist is a pipe dream. It's not going to happen, you know? So when the narcissist has that image of you in their heads, not in their hearts, their heads, it is to serve a particular purpose. That's so they can tolerate you long enough. So they're lying to themselves about you. They're not looking at who you really are. So those false images that they have of you and their psyche will not reflect reality. You're a beautiful, caring, warm person. You have your moments. Yeah. But overall, you're not a narcissist. You're not a person who doesn't give a damn about the connections, about positive relationships. You know how to say goodbye to relationships that are not going anywhere. Believe it or not, narcissists do the opposite. They hang on to relationships that 
are not positive because that is how they get their source supply. They feed off of that. Think about it. So when they have a false image of you that doesn't reflect reality, it helps them out. It doesn't do anything for you. Well, nothing, nothing good. Here's a critical question or critical question number five. Who claims your life, you or your narcissist? Who's claiming your life? Think about it. Narcissists, in a sense, they're claiming the lives of, of people that they seek source supply from or they get source supply from. They're claiming their lives. How? Well, first of all, they're creating a false image of those people. Just let that sink in for a minute. That means that they're not seeing those individuals for who they really are. They don't care where they're going. They don't care where they've been. They don't care who they are becoming. Those individuals are a mean to an end. They are pawns on the checkerboard or the chessboard, actually. See, this is one of the ways that you can checkmate when it comes to a narcissist. And that is when they think you're playing checkers, but you're playing chess. This is another way that they, well, they have that false image of you. They think, they think that there's no way you're good at chess. You're a checker player. You see how that's a false image, yet it doesn't reflect who you really are? So the narcissist, when they create that false image of you, it is for their advantage, not yours. Okay, so, but you can turn that around. So the question again, who's claiming your life? Who claims your life? You or your narcissist? Just think about the contract or the terms of the contract, the imaginary contract that a narcissist often has of everyone that they're obtaining source supply from. So who is the narcissist or what is the narcissist tied to? What is their contract? What are the terms of the contract that they must fulfill? Think about that for a minute. Perhaps the terms of the contract is a third-party situation. They want you to fulfill that for life. That may be the fine print or the terms of that imaginary contract that they have of you, which has been tacked to the false image that they created of you. You see how that goes, how that links, how that correlates? They are looking at you as a person such as a, well, a scapegoat or a person that they can sacrifice. So that means you have to think, feel, and behave like that type of person. That means you're fulfilling a dysfunctional role. Yeah, this is something that hit me like a ton of bricks years ago. It sobered me up. It woke me up, guys. So that's why I say out of all these five things that I took away from a narcissist relationship, number five is the most profound for me. I started looking at something because I gained clarity. And I hope you do as well. I know you've already been gaining clarity and you've been doing a lot of awesome things. I know it. Okay, you're still here. You're still growing. You're still learning. You're still expanding. You're still leveling up. But remember, as they say, Levels sometimes make new devils. Levels can sometimes make new devils. So whereas it pertains to the narcissist relationship, that may go double. 
as you continue to grow, you've got to slay that concept. And that is, there's a healthy relationship in the narcissist relationship. No way. Got to slay it. Got to put that to rest, guys. I've done so. And I certainly hope there's something that I said in this episode that has inspired you to do the same. Okay. You don't have to be like me or anyone. You're not. You're your unique self. Celebrate that. Okay. But think about that for a minute. Who and what is the narcissist tied to? You're trying to please him or her. What are they tied to? Yeah, perhaps a false self-image or several of them. Perhaps they're addicted to these false self-images. They have to fulfill that. There's a contract that they the narcissist is tied to something and someone. Perhaps this is a trauma bond that they have. You have nothing to do with. Maybe somebody in their past. They're trauma bonded too, yet they're taking it out on you. They create a false image of you. Therefore, they're reenacting something from their past. And perhaps they have underhandedly, emotionally manipulated you into what? Playing a false image of a person that they have vowed revenge. Perhaps an ex that they never got over. Perhaps someone else in their past that they still have a problem with. Okay? So think about it. The narcissist may be tied to other things and other people. That has nothing to do with you. Therefore, they're offering you a third-party situation. Maybe that's how you're tied to the narcissist because you are fulfilling a dysfunctional role in a third-party situation. That's deep. I know for me it was. So I started making some decisions. Okay, I started thinking a little bit more clearly for myself. Not so much pleasing the narcissist or the cuspy personality type that I was dealing with uh, years ago. Okay, so just a few things I hope you all are inspired. Okay, you're, you're inspired about. This is motivating you. Until next time, take care of yourself. Okay, stay tuned for more episodes. And of course... Friendly reminder, I'm on YouTube, Luminous Star Channel.